Hello and welcome to the Sims FC podcast, the biggest podcast for the biggest club at uni. Alongside me today, I've got my host, Wellis. Say hi, Wellis. What's happening, guys? All right? We're joined today by former president, Denzel. Denzel, say hi. How are you, guys? New president, Felipe. How are you doing, guys? Pleasure to be here. And former club development officer, Jake Cole. What are you saying, James? Afternoon, afternoon. First of all, before we start anything, I love that hat, Felipe. Give a little shout out to Nathan Hunter Moses and his uh, company <laughs> to start with. Thank you, thank you. We've got it. We've got to support our, support our own, haven't we? We have, we have. It's a pleasure to have you boys on this week. Um, you know, thank you very much for coming on and uh, and for doing this. Just uh, have a little quick chat first of all. Talk about obviously your weeks out, how things been. You know, hope you guys have been fine now coming out of lockdown and everything. And so, yeah, so Dens, have you found things? Yeah, obviously, it's um, living back home back in Dublin, Ireland. Um, the lockdown slowly starting to ease off. Obviously, when I came back home in March, you know, it took time getting used to staying at home. You know, I do like the odd going out and about, you know, kicking the ball with the boys and stuff. But obviously having to come home, I had to quarantine for about two and a half weeks. So obviously that was a bit hard, but, you know, managed to pull through with that, you know, um, tried staying fit as well, you know, done the little home workouts as well that, you know, we encouraged, you know, throughout the club, you know, especially for things like the mental health and so on. But um, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough period, but I felt, you know, coming out of lockdown, I've come out a bit of a better man, you know, so... Uh, Learned certainly a lot from lockdown anyway, you know, so can't complain. No, oh, superb, man. I know, I know James Cole's been trying to perfect his golf swing as well, trying to teach Paul how to actually hold a club. <laughs> I'm not perfect. Um, yeah, just, well, just trying to keep yourself busy, isn't it? I mean, you've, you've been trying to teach me guitar. <laughs> emphasis, emphasis on trying. Yeah, try. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, just trying to keep yourself busy. I think that's all you can do, really, isn't it? I mean, the lockdown's given you an opportunity really to kind of slow down and try and maybe try different things that you wouldn't have got the chance to do during like everyday life. So I think there is some good that's come out of it personally anyway. So, And I think we all know what Felipe's been up to. He's, uh, how many views <laughs> you got on TikTok now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I've been, having, I've been having a midlife crisis I have now. It's, uh, nah, it's, been, it's, been, it's been fun, mate. It's, it's been entertaining. Just uh, yeah, scrolling, scrolling for TikTok and just uh, trying to come up with the next trend. <laughs> how many how many views have you had now? Or was it, what was the video I had like most views on? Oh, here was, we go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to flex too hard, but it's nearly two hundred uh, two two million views now. But here we go. Wow! <laughs> yeah. Wow! That's gonna be that's gonna be on its gravestone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's it's funny, like I just one day woke up, I was like, I'm gonna do this thing, and then like suddenly it's but it's well weird, like you just get loads of likes and followers and views. I'm like, oh okay, like but yeah, we'll we'll, we'll go with it. I think that's I think that's the one bit of social media I think I I could ever turn to is TikTok. Not not even to like cr- like create an account and watch stuff or make it. I couldn't do it. Don't know how you it's. Feel, like, it's it's weird. It's like it's yeah. You've got to I don't know. You've got to like have a lot of time on your hands to just to scroll <laughs> through, mate. To be fair, but hey, lockdown has provided that. We're gonna talk about the serious stuff first, I suppose. It's June. 
June is Pride Month this year. And uh, last year, the club done a lot of work with football versus homophobia. And uh, I'll pass it over to Denz. Denz, do you want to explain a bit how that went? Yeah. How, um, yeah. It was brilliant. Uh, last year, you know, the club um, got the opportunity to work with a fantastic organisation called Football versus Homophobia, where obviously the club played its part and where we tried to promote inclusivity. Um, we tried to just make the game more accepting to um, those that love the game, whether, you know, um, from 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 regardless of kind of like you know the the sexuality and 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 so much more and um it was like it was i felt it was something that we had the opportunity to do because people wanted to do it you know people wanted to play their part people wanted to show the support and people wanted to make a difference you know sims actually wanted to make a difference and that's exactly what we did you know and across all eight teams you know the support from the players the, the involvement you know um from not just the players but the coaches as well was brilliant and also getting the chance to get you know the likes of referees during match days and also getting other kind of opposition teams you know and um, to support and hold the rainbow football was brilliant um but yeah i think um having a guest speaker come down as well to just give us an idea of what it actually means to kind of you know for some of us we've never been in in, in that kind of um in that area and obviously for some people you know playing the game they've received kind of a lot of abuse a lot of homophobic abuse and we just don't want that in our game and obviously I feel you know when we play our part individually and collectively we can't make a difference you know so that's exactly what we wanted to do as a club and that's what we're going to continue doing for from now and and in the future that's superb it's it's, it's so important that you know obviously with the world changing as it is that you know more and more attention is being brought to the idea of being inclusive um but i just wanted to ask you boys i'll open it to all three of you and obviously whoever wants to pitch in first just pitch in why do you think we maybe don't see as many people come out and promote their sexuality as much in in sport as maybe you would hear in other other aspects of of uh of work and just you know day-to-day life i mean you, you don't get many um examples of uh, lgbtq players in the game Yes, um, it's interesting. It's interesting you say. Um, I think this this year we did a module that touched quite a lot uh, in journalism, touched quite a lot upon that. And I think um, there definitely, there definitely, there definitely are um, people who are LGBT and uh, in within the game, within football, within all sports. Now, why they don't um, come out and you know come out and, and uh, say that or come out and uh, tell the supporters of the club that they, that they are. I, I'm not sure. It's it's quite an interesting question. I think it's a lot to do with how the media will deal with it, and how the club will deal with it, and how the the fans will will think of them. Um, I mean, you know, we've got we've got a lot going on with uh, racism, and it's just the same. It's just being inclusive, isn't it? It's regards of like regardless of who you who you like or who you fancy or what, what you look like it's 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 interesting. No, I was watching the SAS Who Days Wins where John Fashion who was on it, uh nicknamed Fash the Bash from that uh, crazy Wimbledon gang. what uh, a player in his day and when he was getting um screened and interviewed uh during the show, 
they revealed a story about him in which he had actually paid his brother not to come out as gay in 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 the footballing world and you know he said he went on it's a decision that he always regrets because i think his brother then committed suicide yeah he was unable to deal with everything and but because they had such religious founding as well in the family like i think he could understand that he would rip the family apart that type of you know type of shocking news you know for him to come out to the family but um you know, just what's your views on that? Where I suppose he was trying to protect his brother and protect the family, but in the end, obviously, it led to such a tragic, fatal ending. J. Cole, like, what, what, what do you think? Like, first of all, is is maybe something that he could have done differently, or maybe even nowadays, maybe if that happened now, it's a bit more accepted. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's always going to be difficult for us to talk about it because we're kind of outsiders looking in, aren't we? So. Um, it's kind of difficult knowing each person's reasoning for even not coming out or coming out or whatever whatever reason they have because there could be a whole whole load of reasons. It could be personal reasons, as you say, it could be religious reasons. Um, briefly touching on what Felipe said as well about the media. Um, obviously, each so looking at the high high end elite um, category now, it, each kind of player is almost like a brand, and you have to be seen as kind of non-bias in, in the public eye because there's always judgmental opinions which are going to kind of um, inhibit that brand essentially so yeah it's difficult like it's, it's almost like footballers nowadays especially are almost too ashamed to say anything that might be controversial or might um, get might cause offence to other people like so yeah it's, it's difficult it's a difficult one isn't it but I, I think with the level of support that you've got nowadays, I mean, you've got the Rainbow Laces campaign um, and just general widespread, the more that we talk about it, I feel like we're, we're on a positive journey in that respect. And we're, yeah, I think eventually we'll get to an end goal where eventually it won't matter and people won't judge because of your sexuality or whatever, whatever predispositions you have. Jumping in there, Will, James, you've been at uni a while now, like you've been around, have you seen it not just sport in general but have you seen the university sort of adapt to support the LGBT community have you seen more that's been done over time um uh it's kind of it's impossible for me to say if the uni are doing more um what I will say is that I've certainly noticed it more so when I first came it was predominantly um the people who affected directly were kind of um kind of for them sort of sort of campaign so it was predominantly like um, women's football, etc. But now, obviously, there's kind of now that the university have kind of got on board from my perspective, anyway, kind of got on board with the Rainbow Laces campaign. It seems to be more clubs getting involved at, and it's kind of a bit more well spoken about as as a collective. So I think personally, that's yeah, that's a positive. Well, I think uh, I think the uni are doing a great job at sort of promoting the LGBT and sort of raising awareness of the topic, and I think. As a club, we should do more to work alongside them. And so we've obviously we've got the football versus homophobia. We're doing the Rainbow Laces campaign. There's loads out there we can do. And with Charlie Cannon, one of our own boys in there next year, I'm sure we can work alongside to continue raising awareness mm. and uh, making people feel comfortable because that's what it's all about, really. This might sound slightly controversial, but I kind of want your guys' opinion. As much as we do obviously promote people to 
be who who they want to be and you know to accept who they are and to you know be be proud of who they are and as much as society also accept people for who they are and proud of them obviously living their, their lives the way that they want to what does it mean in terms of football maybe then if you have a male player who then and this, this might sound controversial obviously it's just an opinion where I've, I've heard some discussion topics about it as well but a male player comes out as trans and then goes uh, obviously wants to keep their uh, professional athlete status maybe go through the change obviously like where we had we saw Bruce Jenner to now um, Caitlin Jenner and maybe then want to go into a women's league. Well, like, what's the kind of standpoint maybe on that? Because even though it's, it's race, it's never happened before because obviously you don't get many uh, things about it in the sport. But I've just heard a couple of discussion forums where what do you think would happen if someone were to try and go down that road? It's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I don't, think, I don't think we're necessarily prepared for that outcome yet. Um, it's certainly something that we probably need to discuss. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it's a difficult one. It's something that, as a collective, the national governing bodies, um, whoever they are, they, they, they kind of need to bash their heads together and kind of work out a, a way around that and uh, yeah, a way forward in that respect. I don't know, Felipe, what do you reckon? Yeah, well, like, I, I think it's funny you saying again because something like this came up on my module as well. And it's kind of like keeping the integrity of the sport um in a way and in whatever way that may be we we don't know what what each sport uh is going to decide on but it's definitely like a, a talking topic because um you know you have both sides of it where you, if if you are making that transition then you may have uh gained uh, uh training training experience and you've developed yourself as either side of it so will that affect your abilities coming into the other side of it it's, it's, it's tough it's like it's it's really as James said we, I've, I've I've not heard of it happening before so I don't know if it will but it looks like the more the more that we the more that we see it happening I think I think it will come to a point where people are going to have to start making a decision and start talking about it yeah no I, I agree with the two lads obviously I do feel like because it's never happened before we, we, we wouldn't really know how we'd be able to answer this question but I'm sure somewhere within the, the sports governing body you know they have probably thought about this I feel obviously the most important thing is that we do what is right for the sport and we do what is right competitively and, and not just for sports side of things but just the humanity side of things you know obviously there's no reason why we should deprive someone from being able to fulfill whatever goal or dream or whatever passions they have in their respected sport so um, certainly, you know, if, if, if something like this was to happen, I'm sure there would be a procedure. And um, from that procedure, hopefully the outcomes would be both beneficial and positive so that others that, have, that feel like they'd want to go through that same kind of change would be comfortable knowing that they'd be accepted in the sport and, and, and you know, they'd be able to um, contribute to the sport in their own unique way, you know, regardless of their sexuality or, or, or their change. Okay, lads, also next week is Men's Health Week, running from the 15th to the 21st of June. And uh, this week, kind of, you know, this year's kind of theme is to take action on COVID-19. Now, I know probably people are sick and tired of constantly hearing about COVID-19 and the you know, discussions about it and every day on the news. But, 
it, it is it is important to still have a conversation and to you know to kind of see that what we can do and take take action in still preventing uh, the spread of everything. So uh, you know we we got to try and get used to the kind of new normalities that is going to happen and uh, coming out of lockdown is going to be uh, you know very you know very important to hopefully avoid the second spike now which they predicted in July. So lads coming out of lockdown um how's it affected you how you know what were you now going to try and do a bit differently to get used to the new social norms um personally i mean yeah i've i found it um i found it strange actually if I, if i must say i found it strange so like obviously they're easing the the rules now and you can you know go to the park and go meet friends from a distance and and i this might sound strange but like i actually like I found it strange, like, maybe this was this what I was like before, but, like, I'd always, before COVID, throughout my whole life, I think, like, a, this is going to sound, like, basic, but a handshake meant, like, you know, you're, like, you're here, you're there, how you're doing, whatever. Yeah. But then, like, going to meet people and just, like, oh, you're right, from a distance type of thing, it's kind of, like, I found it, that's a small little thing, but I just found it strange, like, mm. I don't know what I don't know what it's gonna if it's gonna be like like that from now on, and you're not gonna be able to you know handshake someone, give them a hug, and like you know it's kind of like everyone's kind of yeah. backing off. It's kind of like yeah. it's almost awkward when you're with your family or like. So I went and seen my nan and granddad, see if they're okay, get their shopping and stuff, and I always hug my nan and granddad when I leave their house, and not being able to do that, it sort of I think it upsets my nan a little bit because it's it's just it's almost like awkward when you're with them. Yeah. So I completely get where you're coming from. Yeah, it's kind of like a little icebreaker, isn't it? Like you kind of handshake or a hug or something when you go see your family. It's like kind of like a little icebreaker. And now you haven't got it. It's kind of like you go, you go see someone and it's kind of like, oh, you're right. Yeah. And then like you just start a conversation from there. It just feels unnatural, doesn't it? But I suppose we'll all get used to it. Yeah, especially especially like when you're meeting new people that you've never met before, you don't know what to do. You're like, oh, hello. Usually you go up and you shake the hand or you give them a hug or two kisses to the side of the cheek like I usually do. <laughs> but, you know, but, you know um, obviously now when you see people, you're like, oh, hello. You know, at some stage, you know, I even started tapping people's shoes, you know, you know, the little <laughs> tap handshake. Yeah. But obviously it's 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 weird. But um it just takes time getting used to it, you know. Obviously, we need to respect the whole two-meter kind of one-meter rule, you know, just the whole kind of keep your distance type of thing, you know. It's not just to help ourselves, but just to help prevent the spread of the virus, you know, because just because, you know, we might have it and it doesn't affect us, you know, we are carriers and it could affect someone. So that's always at the back of my mind. So, you know, if I see a sweet one just walking down the road, I just... <laughs> I just wink, you know. So, uh, the lockdown hasn't changed you, then. No, it hasn't. <laughs> it's not been. It's not been that ever that hard to restrain yourself, has it? No, it hasn't. <laughs> Has anyone resorted to the to the elbow tap yet? Oh, it's uh, it's no, kind of like you're you're trying to be so cool by doing that. It just doesn't work, it's is it? So yeah. awkward, isn't it? It's so. <laughs> See, no, but I mean, I, I agree. Sorry, yeah, let's not agree. Yeah, it's, it's, we gotta sort of, yeah, like you gotta keep doing it. You gotta, uh, you know, st I think if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I think shops open today. Uh, and like, how's that gonna work? Like, how are you gonna go and shop? How are you gonna like try clothes on and like not like, well, you if you don't like, you put it back, or I, I don't get it. It's, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot, but we just gotta keep doing what they tell us, I guess. Mm. 
the big the big question as well is when they open up the the pubs, you know, and beer gardens and stuff. You know, it's gonna go worth the roof. I know once J Cole has one point, or maybe I should be talking about myself when I, <laughs> one point of whatever, um, lag or anything like that. You know, the whole social distancing is gonna go out, out the door. You know, so it'll be interesting to see now. You know, I I, I think I'll be fine because I only drink Malibu lemonade. So I'll still be able to kind of know what I'm at. You know, but uh, yeah, it's just one of them things you need to kind of be aware of as well. I know Joe Bridge is sat there counting days down the days for the pubs to open. Yeah. He's ready to start a game of next in the group chat, isn't he? I think I saw a I saw a tweet uh, yesterday. I think it was like it's just that like the day that the pubs open just just feels like in my I see that image of Boris just like pressing pressing the button like uh, lockdown lockdown is finally over when Folding the pubs day open. opens like, it just feels like that yeah <laughs> it's, it's crazy but that. all right well jumping back in because obviously it's men's health week next week what have you boys been doing to keep sane essentially because being stuck at home when lockdown was proper at its peak, you weren't really allowed to go out at all. So I was, I sort of went for walks and stuff to clear my head a little bit, and I've I've enjoyed that. I think I'll take that out of lockdown. It's a good opportunity to get out, go for a walk, clear your mind. What have you always been doing to, well, stay sane, stay yourself? Um, I think personally, um, as like I've I've tried a lot. There's a couple of things that I try to do. I tried to just stay busy, really. Just like wake up in the morning, you just make a list. A person just make a list. Like this, this is the three, four things that I need to do, and just get them done regardless of whether it be like a little walk or a workout or, you know, when we had the uh, our deadlines and our own stuff like that. Um, but I I I personally felt as well that keeping in touch with friends was a big one for me because you're in lockdown and you kind of like stuck to your house and and you're trying to um you know stay sane and you're trying to you know maintain contact with people and it's hard so like i feel maintaining contact with people is a big one for me as well and maybe getting in touch with old people that you haven't had the chance to as well that was good to be fair i think your biggest worry this lockdown has probably been your teabag challenges (laughs) (laughs) you know you know gotta be Got to, got to, I had to practice that <laughs> quite a lot. So that took that that took a good two hour slot in the morning. <laughs> I think James Cole tried it. Have you seen the oh, the Romford Pele challenge? Yeah, boy. <laughs> I think you I think you should give that a go for Felipe. Put that on your TikTok. He did. Yeah. I, I, which one was that? Oh, the the one that you I didn't see that one. Or did I do? No, it? Felipe, you did it. It was the um. Drop a pint glass, pour a beer, lift it up. Oh, wow. um, that one. I didn't know, I didn't know it was called the Rumpa Pillow one, but yeah, that was tough. Yeah. What a man. I, cha- what I, challenged, man. I challenged a few of the committee to do it, but they all bottled it, didn't they? Either they haven't got the touch to do it or uh, they just didn't let's do it. Did, uh, did Ryan Doyle do it? He, of course he didn't. Uh, well, he, can, he can win the league with the twos, but he can't do the Rumpa Pillow challenge. <laughs> if he's listening to this, we want him to do it. We want to see one. We want to see him do it. Do it. Do it. plays with me, said. <laughs> he tried to do it. It bounced off him, mate. <laughs> to be fair, man, we, we established last week on the questions that the futsal uh, league win actually overtook the twos league win. So, 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure whether he's. I'm not sure whether he listened to the to the last week. But I'll send him. I'll, I'll make sure I send him the link. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get this done. I'm sure. I, I we, feel we even. Go go ahead, James. I was going to say we did mention it to him, and it did, it did get him a little bit rattled a little bit. So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. His time will come. His time will come. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think the way we won it, we won the league in dramatic fashion. You know, it didn't. It doesn't get better than that. You know, last game of the season. You know, against our rivals, Brunel. You know, you what nine nine five nine six down with four minutes to go to beat them. Now uh, eleven ten. You know, um, penalty in the last minute. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. hundred percent up there with some of the best um, league wins ever. Absolute scenes, mate. Absolute scenes. I'd like. I'd be interested to get J Cole's take on this because obviously he was he played for the twos. <laughs> he, he was apparently in charge of a futsal team as well. I don't know. I mean, apparently. <laughs> hey, the, the second team futsal did all right. They finished. Yeah, we finished second. Yeah, second. A, a few, uh, a few dodgy uh, decisions away to Portsmouth that we uh, that we actually did finish second. So that yeah, Joe own goal is a highlight. What'd you say? The, sorry, the Joe O own goal is such a highlight. <laughs> Uh, the thing I is, look, you, 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 could, you could say nothing in the chat and you'll just put that video in and it's going to go. Don't worry, Alice, we're looking for replacements. <laughs> oh, no, don't, don't be looking this way. That'll take you about 30 seconds. <laughs> nice, so boys, as we briefly uh, touched on football there, obviously we need to come to the main topic of the today's conversation which is the Premier League returning you know the most important league in the world is coming back and uh, how do you all feel about it because obviously there's going to be changes going to be the way we view things differently and uh, but now you know it's, it's really good they've made it as available as, po- as possible on uh, different TV platforms so as many people can try and watch the remaining games as possible but yeah um, it, the, cha- the changes of the league and the fixtures and how things are going to plan out what do you think? Um, I'm sure um, James Cole will agree with me on this, but until until the other day, I was pretty excited. Um, you know, getting to see getting to see the boys back playing, and then for James Avery and probably another hundred people's uh, 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 like happiness, Arsenal goes and loses to <laughs> Brentford three two. So I'm a bit nervous now, but. <laughs> <laughs> Watford are playing Brentford tomorrow in a friendly. So, uh, so yeah. if Watford beat Brentford, oh, my mates, Arsenal fans aren't going to hear the end of it. Who was it that gave the interview at the end of the game? It was like, well, Brentford found a lot of space because all of our boys were social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was someone on Arsenal TV actually gave that interview and actually said that. That's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I'm with Felipe. Like, it's just going to be so good to actually have football on on the box again and actually be emotionally invested in it. Like, the Bundesliga has been good. It's been good having that back, but it's kind of like because you haven't got that emotional attachment to it, it's kind of been a little bit not boring, but kind of less less yeah less engaging than than the Prim would be. So yeah, no, it's obviously great great having that back and think. And it's it's on TV like almost every day as well. Yeah. I can't wait. It's, it's going to be an absolute... Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be exciting. It's going to go down, man. <laughs> yeah. 
it's going to be exciting to see how the players kind of fare as well, you know, especially being in the stadium with no fans and stuff. But um, I think, you know, it's going to be interesting, you know, especially when the big games come up, you know, we're going to have what United against Tottenham and stuff. Let's just see how these lads kind of fare up after all these kind of weeks and months not not, not being able to, to play the game, you know. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see how that plays out. But yeah, we're proper excited. You've got to, you've got to think like I mean these guys are like on the top of their of their like profession, but then having this much time off, surely there's a little bit that's gonna come off, isn't it? Surely, 100%. I don't know. You can you can keep yourself as as fit as you as you as you want and try, but then not playing for that long, it's kind of surely it's gonna have a little bit of effect. Mm. Yeah. Well, to be fair, it impressed me looking at the Bundesliga example. I know that they had been in training a long time before the Premier League guys were allowed back in training, and obviously they've been getting into games, so probably getting into match fitness. But uh, you know, seeing the style of football that Dortmund play, you know, where they've got the press and they've got such quick tempo with their passing, it just made me. Just I know Schalke aren't exactly the most fantastic team, but you know they ripped them apart. You know they were ripped apart in the first game back four nil. And they played a style of football where you wouldn't say they've been away from the game for, I think, nearly two months or at least a month and a bit, you know, where it's so easy to regress when you're away from it for so long. And I wonder, like, I wonder if like, the, the style that Liverpool have, like, that Klopp's put in, can they really keep up that press in, in this league, you know, when you're coming up to, you know, against better defenders, better quality, quality opposition and... I think I I don't know I feel like in the, in the the old English football you're more likely to be kicked up in the air than you are in the German league. I think it's a bit more silky, you know, from their defenders. They they've even tried Mats Hummels to be passing the ball more than kicking up people in the air. Like, whereas you come up against a James Tompkins at Palace and he'll just boot you. It wouldn't matter. <laughs> I mean, I mean, on that, I think I think you got to remember that everyone's going to be in the same boat, aren't they? So it's kind of like it's almost a level playing field but I think that's also going to make it a little bit more interesting there'll probably be a few more shocks here and there shock results I'm hoping for one at the Etihad in the week Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but yeah they've they've also tried to balance it out as well with the five subs as well so yeah uh, I I forgot about that yeah that'll be an interesting Mm. interesting rule change so I tell you what, me, you, me, you will take Paul on a little, uh, on a little trip, on a little walk, uh, if that happens, mate. Oh, mate, I, I can't watch the game with him. There's no way I'm watching the game with him. I'd lose my head. Uh, I've, I've done it once, and that's the last time. So. <laughs> I think apparently they're gonna be playing like background noise and like stadium uh, like fan noise, trying to help the players get used to it. So, you know, Man City are used to that by now, aren't they? So they should be fine. <laughs> I was gonna say Spurs do that anyway, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, did you see? So I don't know if any of you watched the first Dortmund game where there was no no uh, no noise at all, and then I tuned in in the second or the third game where they had noise, and I was like, wait, what's going on here? Like the crowd, the the the, the fans back, but it actually sounded like because you really can't on the telly anyway, you can't see the fans a lot, can you? So it's kind of it sounded normal. At least to the people watching. I don't know how it's sounding in the stadium, but yeah, it's it's weird with the echo as well. Like, listen to the Bundesliga. Like every time that the balls kick, obviously you don't normally hear it, but there's just so many like 
so much echo and you're, you're hearing the players speak as well. Obviously, you can't understand what they're saying, but... Uh, you, feel, you feel a bit closer, don't you? Yeah, a little bit. It'd be interesting with the Prem, if you can actually hear them speaking. I think that would be... Uh, Still, I've been watching Fatima's come fly with me. <laughs> oh, that's been taken down now, hasn't it? Terrible. <laughs> no, but it's... It, yeah, it's, it's going to be strange. But here, you can actually hear, obviously, managers calling out their tactics, whereas... You know, you, you can just see on you see on sidelines and they cut to them when I match the day or you know whenever you're watching it and they're so animated and you think well, they they could just be mouthing words they don't even say you know they're not saying nothing you can't hear them because the crowd so when you actually take that away and the opposite and the opposition can then hear you calling out what to do that's that's gonna be a lot easier to mark do you think do you think that that'll ever play a part in the opposition now you can actually hear clear communication between everyone potentially a little bit. I just think it'd be nice to have a bit of atmosphere inside the Emirates, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, mate. It's uh, we've got to hopefully finish the league strong still and climb up a few uh, a few spots. But hey, and some interesting signings as well to be fair with Chelsea. You know, looking to get him one and uh, who who else? We we brought in someone. Zaya. I can't remember who. Zaya. Yeah, Hakim Zaya. Yeah. So, you know, it'll be interesting as well. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing Pep Guardiola giving her instructions, see what he says, whether he communicates in English or in Spanish or whatever he does, you know, it'll be good to see because he's always one to show off in, in front of the camera. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I think he just does it with the camera. Like, they had just won the League Cup or the Premier League, I can't remember, and he's pulled Sterling aside to give him all his tactical. Like, he knows the cameras are on him. Like, you've just won the league. You've got the best ever point. Yeah. You've done the century. And he's there giving out <laughs> tactics. Like, ah, oh, I don't know. Not fan of that. I mean, he's he's good, but he's not quite the Welsh Klopp. Oh, <laughs> James Cole knows all about that. I, I prefer not to speak. <laughs> you speak you're in trouble. big trouble. <laughs> all right, boys, let's move it over. We're moving on to Ask Wellis. This is the part of the show where people send in their questions, their jokes, their facts, whatever they want. They send it to Wellis and Wellis reads it out and gives it his best reply possible. Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, obviously, boys, well, we'll be opening it up to you as well. Um, thanks to all those who got in touch. First question is for Dens. And uh, obviously, this is based on your presidency. How did you feel that last season went and what made you want to take on the president role? So first of all, how did you feel about last season? And then, you know, what was, go- what was going through your mind when you had to stand up in front of it? Which seems such a long time ago now when we were all together at a social at the AGM and you stood up to be, uh, give your speech and then voted. That seems like a million years ago now with everything going on. Yeah, now last season I felt again, you know, across all teams, it was uh, it was a bit up and down. You know, we had some teams doing really well, and then we had some teams not doing as well. But I think what was most important was like this year, especially as a club socially. You know, we were a real big family, and that's one thing I really, really wanted us to do. You know, um, we didn't have cliques, we didn't have little kind of like little best friends on a group, you know, and different things, you know, we were all like one big happy football family, we all support each other, you know, and um, that's one of the main kind of 
goals and targets that you know we set as a committee and and, and one I feel we achieved. Um, obviously, it's brilliant seeing you know the futsal win the league. You know, very unfortunate not to get that promotion, but you know it kind of spares us on to go and do even twice as well as we did this year. And also for the twos winning the league as well. Sometimes I think oh, I should be a winner because you'll never hear the end of it. But you know, it was brilliant, obviously, to get the, those two titles. Um, um, under our belt, you know, especially at, at the previous year before we didn't win anything. So uh, it's great, you know, and the lads totally deserved it um, as well with the coaches as well. They were brilliant. You know, we had our ups and downs here and there, but, you know, we, we, we got over that and um, plenty, it's exciting, plenty to look forward to for the future. Um, in terms of obviously why I wanted to to run as president, I, I felt um. I had a lot to, to, to offer, a lot to give and in terms of leadership, in terms of ideas, you know, different things like coming up with the sliders and stuff. Me and the missus were sitting down one afternoon after an argument and we're like, what could we do, you know, for the boys? You know, she's like, you know, what, what think about sliders. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if the boys would be up for it. She's like, just leave it up to me. I'll design a couple and then let's see if the lads are interested. And yeah, it, it, it smashed home. And um uh, what else? The different things like getting names in the back of the the jerseys and stuff. You know, playing tops was, you know, a bit different. Um, but yeah, no, I really, really enjoyed the year. I felt that you know, there's obviously plenty more. Uh, I hope to have done, but um, I'm really happy with how the year went. So, no. I'm sure there's boys wondering like. Connor Bill still not got his kit. So actually, on that, it's in. It's with Felipe. Everything's with Felipe. The, the kids, Connor Bill's kit is with Felipe. All the boys' kits. And um, we just went and on the stash now to be delivered. It'll be delivered on the 18th. So hopefully now when lockdown eases, we'll be able to dishes all like, your stash and stuff. There you I, go, Connor Bill. It's still I, through, mate. I will say on that. I mean, Denzel has got a lot of stick this year with the kits, but to be fair to him, he's kind of been out of his control. Um, like there's been certain problems within the issue and changing kit supplies and whatever. So it's kind of like um, we can only yeah we we can only chase them as much as we can. But ultimately, it's not up to him. So I, I will back Denzel on that. Like he's had a lot of stick with that, and it's kind of set the tone for some parts of the year. But ultimately, I feel like the committee get a lot of stick, but ultimately there's there's a lot of stuff that's kind of out of our control, and we do a lot of stuff behind the scenes as well. So I think this year's committee will be it would be good if you could voice that to the boys just to let them know that how much you actually do and uh, the, the kind of hoops that you have to jump through just to make them aware because I feel like previous committees haven't done that and have kind of been subject to some kind of stick off the back of that. So I feel like, yeah, Felipe and the boys this year would do well to just to make sure that everyone's kind of in the loop and everyone appreciates what you do. Exactly, I agree with and even I think it's actually a blessing in disguise because, you know, even if the weather starts getting nice and stuff and, you know, the stash is here, we can all do one big get-together, hand it out like Christmas presents, have a nice pint, you know. So, uh, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. And, like, everyone that obviously did order stash will get their, 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 their stash and playing kit and stuff fresh for the new season, ready to go and not have to worry about getting new ones anyway. So, oh, super. There you go, boys. I know, I know from last year, they somehow, obviously, like you say, completely out of your control, but Cookery had somehow managed to spell all of my name correct, and I've got about nearly 30 letters in my last name, and yet they misspelled rocks as rocks, and they misspelled Sewell to be swell, and I just don't get how they correctly spelled mine. And it's, uh, it's, it's a like, it's simpler on- one. 
on that on that well is we saw some we saw a little pattern actually it was funny because the english most uh common names they managed to get wrong but like the, <laughs> the harder spelling ones it was it was so good Charlie my, uh, yeah my Charlie personal favorite channing <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah i mean I'll, I'll make sure i'll make sure obviously as denzel said i've got uh, the kits corrected uh i'll make sure to get all handed out uh, asap uh obviously no one is around but we'll I'll, I'll be I'll be contacting people anyway, um, and on what James said, yeah, it's 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 true. Obviously, we do we do we do quite a fair bit behind the scenes, but it's just to keep it transparent and uh, clear with the boys. Um, we'll 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 take that forward for sure. Oh, excellent. This one now also is uh, Felipe. How did it feel to run alongside Sneeze, who we know you know is is also such a big member of. Uh, Sims FC, you know, I mean, I remember when I, when I was voting personally, I found it so hard to decide for Bettini to and just, you know, end up trying to decide, you know, if, if I could have you somehow both like sharing a role, I would, because, you know, he, he's a great guy and, you know, you know, my respect for you as well. So how did it feel to go up against someone like him? Yeah, it's uh, like, obviously, I was, I was in the committee last year uh, with um, being vice president for Futsal. So I was sort of like, kind of in the loop of what the task would uh would entail and what would I have I'd have to be doing when I when I got the job I I in fact even before I got the job I was the role I was um I was speaking to Will and I I I said to him I said look me and you're going for the same for the same role and if I have it my way if I win it there's no way you're not going to be in the committee because he's such a uh he's such a big part of the, the club he's 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 an intelligent lad. He he knows what he's doing. He's dedicated. He's captain of the threes. He led he led the boys well. So, in that prospect, in that, in, like, in that sense of things, I was like, about Will, I had no doubt. Like about Will, it was like, okay, I want it. Great. Now let's get Will into the role that he's gonna do bits in. So, um, but yeah, no, I was speaking to him. For, I was speaking to him for a while, uh, and about getting the, the the obviously the president role is is. It's, 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 it was, I was happy with it, obviously. I was, um, it, it, I had to stop and think, you know, you've got eight teams to look after. You've got the, like, the biggest club of uni to, to, to lead. So it's, I just was excited to try to get things going. Uh, and obviously we had um, the situation with Will and Chris. So I wanted to make sure that I spoke to everyone and got everyone's opinions because I want, I want this, I want this committee for this year to, to voice uh, the club's, you know, the club's opinion, the club's uh, view, and it'll be like obviously a collective, a collective decision. So yeah, now nah, it's just exciting, just exciting. No, superb. Uh, final question as well. Now, kind of fitting, really. We've had some good questions in. I know this one's for J Cole. Got, I got a personal question for you. Will you ever buy a round? And the second question, <laughs> <laughs> the second question is uh, obviously with everything ending. Uh, unfortunately, the way it has, it's not exactly been the uh, greatest semi send off for you. So, uh, you know, obviously, how do you feel about that? And uh, will you do one more year just so you can have a proper send off <laughs> next year? Um, I suppose, right, firstly, number one, it's not through <laughs> lack of trying, so don't, don't even pull that card. We've actually had moments in Viable where I've been paying for a drink for Liam Wellis and he's gone and taken my card and ran to the other side of the club. So it's definitely not through lack of trying. Um, 
Number two, I, I feel more sorry for, for the third years, you know, because obviously I, I started my Masters this year. I obviously moved on, um, but still wanted to keep in touch with the lads because obviously I was still trying to manage the fourth team and manage the second, um, sort of seconds as well. Um, but I feel more sorry for the third years because I kind of had my time. I kind of had my year. Um, obviously, I, I think I've probably, personally, I've been more connected with the group this year, um, which is fantastic. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I kind of feel more sorry for them because they didn't get to experience their last tour. Um, they didn't get to experience like, all of the, the benefits of handing your dissertation and not having anything to worry about. And then like, having that period where you're just chilling with the same people. So I kind of feel sorry for them more than anyone. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, they've, they've probably made up for it in other ways, like, um, for example, quizzes online, etc. So yeah, I'm, and I have no doubt as well. As soon as we come back to normality, there'll be there'll there'll be some celebrations there as well. So yeah. No, to be honest, I'm kind of grateful in a very small way. Obviously I'm gutted that there's no tour, you know, one final big send off of the boys and obviously for us to go on another another tour. But like, in a way I'm glad because I would have saved so much money and at the same time I think so would have Doyle because Doyle would have just eaten all of his money. <laughs> if you know you know. Just that, just that reoccurring video of him eating his last 20 euros over and over <laughs> on the last half. Oh, the strangest things to people. <laughs> All right, I think I'm just, 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 I think he might have to uh, have Doyle on next week. He's been, uh, he's been name dropped a few times. He's not going to be happy, is he? Needs <laughs> <laughs> a chance to defend himself. No, he doesn't want it. All in his head. <laughs> Well, I think that wraps it up then, boys. Thank you for joining today. I'm sure Felipe will do a great job as president next year. And I just want to say thank you, Zul and James, for all the work they've done for the club. I'm sure they'll be in touch helping out as well. Pleasure. So, yeah, for me, thanks, boys. Cheers, boys. Yeah. Lads, Cheers, lads. Thank you, thank you so much for thank coming you. on. And uh, you know, thank you for the job at Dens you did last year. Uh, looking forward to everything Felipe does this year. And uh, J. Cole, I look forward to more nights out with you in Viper when we're all <laughs> when we all get back to normal. But uh, thanks, oh, good stuff, lads. Well done. Nice one, boys. Yeah.